0: welcome once again to the perimeter church podcast he has a demon and is insane why listen to him this was the opinion some had of Jesus the more they heard him speak what do you think teaching team member Caleb click continues the series pictures of Jesus with this message entitled I am the door and I am the Good Shepherd which covers John chapter 10 verses 1 to 21 For more information and to watch or hear other messages, please visit our website at Perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, good morning. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 10. And if you've been with us these past couple weeks, we're in the middle of a series called Pictures of Jesus, where we've been looking at these seven metaphorical I Am statements of Jesus that you find in the Gospel of John. And this morning, we're looking at two of what are probably among the most famous, these statements in John 10 where Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep, and I am the good shepherd of the sheep. But while those statements may be familiar to most of us, I don't think the context is. Because here's what's just happened before Jesus speaks these words. The followers of Jesus are beginning to face persecution, and it is coming from the very people who should have been their shepherds. There's a man in John 9 who was born blind, who has never seen his parents' face, who has never seen the sun, he's never seen trees or the land. All he knows is what he has heard and what he has felt, and Jesus sees this man, and Jesus heals this man, and he gives him his sight. And he begins not just to physically see, but spiritually see as well. To realize that the hands that touched his face and the voice that spoke sight back into his eyes, that that is not just a prophet, but it is one who is worthy of all of his worship. And at the very same time that this man is coming out of darkness and into light, there's another group that seems to be moving in the exact opposite direction. The scribes and the Pharisees, they see the exact same miracle. They look at this man that they have known all their lives who has never been able to see, and suddenly there he is, and he is seen, and he is seen clearly. But instead of praising God, instead of worshiping Jesus, they bristle. And they begin to threaten anyone who confesses Jesus as the Christ and say, If you confess him as the promised one of Israel who's come to redeem God's people, then here's what we're going to do we are going to throw you out of the synagogue a move that would have said to their community, you are not a part of the people of God, you are not inside His covenant. you are not a recipient of His blessing, you are on your own, accursed. And it's a threat, a threat they don't just make to the blind man, it's a threat they follow through on. In this, John 10, this is Jesus' response. Jesus is staring at a crowd Where on the one hand, there are the men who have just hurt one of his little ones. And then on the other, there are those who have heard his voice and who have followed him and are following him even at great cost. And then there are people who are everywhere in between. And Jesus says this, starting in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's pray. Father, you are the one who opens the eyes of the blind. You are the one who speaks and it comes to be, and we pray as we come to your word, the God-breathed and God-breathing word of God, that you would take this text and you would speak in such a way, Lord, that blind eyes would see and dead hearts would live and the lost would be found and we would hear the voice that the shepherd of this text speaks of so beautifully. We would hear that voice calling us by name and that we would be able to do nothing else but follow speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you've heard some of the reports that are happening right now, but the church in China is in desperate need of our prayer. While our news cycle has been filled with stuff about the government shutdown and, and people raging about how the refs could have possibly missed that pass interference call on the Saints and Rams game, uh, the reports that are coming out of China are that the church in China are experiencing a wave of persecution that is worse than anything they've seen since the days of Chairman Mao. The police are breaking into the homes of pastors and their congregants, they are breaking into churches, churches that were once flourishing, churches that once worshipped, even as we are right now, they have had their doors locked, their crosses torn down, their Bibles burned, Pastors and their congregants have been arrested and imprisoned. Some of them have been tortured. And there are thousands upon thousands of believers who even now at this moment, they are hiding out of fear for their lives because they're afraid their own government is going to come and get them. And all of this is happening for one reason. The Chinese government wants a Christianity that it can control. And they are saying to these churches, if you will just accept the version of Christianity that we give to you, a Christianity that says your first allegiance is to the Chinese government and your second is to Jesus, then all of this pain, all of this suffering, it will stop. As someone in the United States Where those kind of concerns seem so far removed, you know, I can only imagine the kind of questions that have to be lurking in the backs of Chinese Christians' minds right now. Those questions when they begin to hear the police knocking on their door, those questions of Jesus, am I really secure in your hands right now? Is following you really worth the cost of what's coming? Could it really be that big of a deal to bend the knee? Could it really matter all that much? What John 10 says is these kind of things should not surprise us. Because this is the world to which Jesus speaks. It's a world where wherever the gospel is preached, the kingdoms of this world, they always rise up in hostility A world where there are a million different voices, every single one of them calling for our allegiance. All of them saying, if you will just follow me, I will give you life and peace and happiness and joy and safety and security. All of these voices saying, hear my voice and not the voice of Jesus. Voices of confusion. Like the man who, when I was in college, cornered me in a laundromat because he saw me reading a book of theology and spent an hour trying to convince me that I couldn't actually be sure I was a Christian because I couldn't speak in tongues. Voices that drip honey, that sweetly whisper in our ears that Jesus is gracious and he is kind and surely he wouldn't want you to have to give up that thing that's so precious to your heart. Surely He wouldn't want you to have to live in a way that sets you apart from your neighbor. Surely He wouldn't want you to actually pick up a cross and follow Him. Voices that sow doubt. Those little voices that linger in the back of our minds and say, if Jesus was really so good, if He was really so strong and so powerful and so loving, then you wouldn't be facing circumstances like this. Maybe you would be safer in the arms of another. And then there are the voices that threaten, the voices like those of the Pharisees that say, if you do not listen to us, then we will harm you, and we will hurt you, and maybe even we will kill you. And in a world that is full of those kind of voices, we need these words of Jesus probably more than we ever have. Because here's what Jesus says. He says, in the midst of this world where there are all these voices calling for our allegiance, there is one voice that we must hear above all the rest. One voice that offers true salvation. One voice that can give you confidence in the midst of this confusing and chaotic world. One voice to be heard and obeyed with every single thing that you possess, and it is my own. And Jesus starts with this image that would have been familiar to all of his listeners, this one that is rife with biblical illusions, this image of a sheep and their shepherd. In verse 1, he looks directly at the scribes and Pharisees, these men who have just hurt one of his little ones, and Jesus says this, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Jesus says there are thieves and there are robbers in this world who do not have a right to the sheep, who have no claim on the sheep. They don't come in through the door because the sheep are not actually theirs to possess, so they climb over the walls to steal the sheep. And when they call the sheep, when they try to allure the sheep, the sheep, they don't know their voices and they hear the voice of a stranger and the stranger scares them, so they run. But the true shepherd, The true shepherd, Jesus says, he comes to the door. And when he comes to the door, the gatekeeper opens. And he calls his sheep, not in mass, he calls them each by name. And the sheep hear his voice. And they know his voice. And they follow his voice. And the shepherd will not stop until he is brought out every single one. And while Jesus doesn't explicitly say, I'm the shepherd. The meaning couldn't possibly be more clear. It's a visual picture of everything that just happened in chapter 9. Jesus is looking at the scribes and Pharisees and he's saying, you're the thieves and robbers. You are the ones who are trying to take what does not belong to you. And my sheep, when you call to them, even as the blind man ran from you and ran to me, they run from your voice. But my sheep, they hear my voice, they know my voice, and they follow my voice, and I am going to bring out every single one, whether you like it or not. And you see the darkness in which the Pharisees live, because the very next thing it says in verse 6 is they still didn't understand. And so Jesus, as he so often does, Jesus decides to make it even clearer. And he takes that same image and using two metaphors, each building on the last, he paints a picture of his identity and it is one that leaves us with only really two options. As the crowd says in verses 20 and 21, Jesus is either a demon from the deepest, darkest pit of hell, or Jesus is the one that the blind man saw, who is worthy of all of our affection and all of our worship, the one voice that is to be heard and obeyed with everything that we possess. Jesus says, here's why you should listen to my voice above all the others. First, I'm the door of the sheep. If life, abundant life, is what you want, I'm the door through which you must enter. So Jesus again, verse 7, said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, you and I, we live in a world where there are only two kinds of voices. There are the voices that take life, and then there is the one voice that actually gives it. And it's those voices that take life that seem to fill our heads and to fill the air more than almost anything else. I have this weird proclivity for watching documentaries about cults. Every time they pop up on Netflix or Amazon Prime, I'm hooked. I'm in. You don't even have to tell me what it is. I'm going to watch it. Because for some reason, it just fascinates me. And for this reason, and this is Why? Because when you watch these documentaries, when you see these stories, you see universal human longings, you see extreme examples of universal human longings. And the story always plays out in exactly the same way. A couple of years ago, I saw one on Netflix called Holy Hell, uh, which fit that storyline exactly as you would expect. A young man named Will Allen. He'd been kicked out of his home by his parents because they didn't agree with his lifestyle and he had found himself searching for a place to belong. To belong to some kind of community that would love him and value him, that would offer him the life he so desperately wanted. And in the middle of his searching, his sister came to him and said, I think I've met somebody who can help you. I've met this man named Michael and he radiates life and joy and peace and happiness and he seems to have access to the divine. And he says that he can share it with anybody that will come and join his community called Buddhafield. And so Will went, and he met this man named Michael, and he seemed to be everything that his sister had told him he would be. And so he threw himself in with everything he had. And at first, everything seemed perfect. And then the thing that always happens, happened. As year bled into year, That angelic mask that Michael put on, it slowly but surely began to chip away. And this man who seemed to radiate life and joy and peace and happiness and security, who said, I will give you life, I will give you what you want, he was revealed more and more to be a man who actually didn't have any of those things. He was a man just as broken as will was, just as needy, And the reason he was gathering followers to himself, it was not so that he could give them life. It was so that he could take their lives and use them for his own ends. And he was abusing them in ways that they did not even have words to express until they escaped from that community themselves. What looked like heaven was closer to hell. Jesus says that is every voice that offers you life apart from me. Every voice that promises to give you life apart from me, they are those who would steal and kill and destroy and here's why. They are offering you what is not actually theirs to give. They're thieves and robbers why? Because they don't actually have access to this. They're stealing it. And Jesus Jesus says that's not me. I'm not the voices that promise life and then in the end take it. I'm the one voice that promises life and then truly gives it because unlike all the others, it is actually mine to give. In verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And And you need to hear what's happening in this verse. Jesus, he's taking that same image he used in the first five verses, but he's expanding it. Now the door is not just access for the shepherd to get into the sheep, the door is the means by which the sheep enter into the safety and the security of the shepherd. Where they have total freedom to go in and out, to experience life as it is intended to live. Where they are not in danger, they are not in worry, they are not in fear. Where they have pasture, food, provision, care, everything they need, Jesus says, I am that door. And whoever comes and enters through that door. They will find, I'm not the thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy, as he says in verse 10. I'm the one who came that they would have life and have it abundantly. And you might say, well, how do I know Jesus is actually any different from all the others? How do I know he's just not another voice who's promising something that's not actually his to give? And Jesus would say, well, here's why. Those voices that so tempt us those voices that cry out to that craving in our heart for life that say, if you will just follow me, I will give you life, I will give you peace, I will give you security, they are speaking to something you were designed and created to have. The life we were created to have in the garden where we dwelt in perfect peace with the God who made us and made us for himself. The life that we had and the life that we lost because of human sin. The life that only God actually has the right to give. Jesus says, here's why I can offer that. I'm not the one coming from the outside who's trying to steal his way in. I'm the one from the inside who has come to those who are on the outside so that I would bring you. It's a theme you see all over the Gospel of John. In John 1, we're told that Jesus is the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, that the God that no man has seen, Jesus is the one who has made him known, that when you look on the face of Jesus, you see the face of the Father, that Jesus is the ladder that forms a bridge between earth and heaven so that those who've been separated from God by the fall, they would once again have access to the very throne room of God. Jesus is the one who he himself says in John fourteen six, as Colin quoted earlier, who says to his people, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no way to the Father except through what? Me. Jesus is saying, here's why I can give this. I'm the door that God the Father in grace has provided so that those who had lost life because of their sin would receive it once more through a gift of grace that God alone can provide. I'm the door. And here is how that life comes. Jesus says, I'm not just the door of the sheep. I'm the good shepherd of the sheep. I'm not just the door you must enter, I am the shepherd that you must follow, because here is how that life comes. I'm the one who loves his sheep with an eternal love. I'm the good shepherd, verse 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. There are some in this world who care for the sheep not because they love the sheep, not because they have any affection for the sheep, Not because they have any investment in the sheep, but simply because of this. Somebody has paid them to do it. There are people who will watch over the sheep while times are good. But as soon as the danger of wolves begins to outweigh the pay, what do hired hands always do? They run. And they leave the sheep They leave the sheep to the wolves. You know, I remember in college I worked out at this terrible rat hole of a gym for one summer, and inside this gym they had a nursery for children, which was just as bad as the rest of the gym. And it was this little room that had a door through which you could find entry, and when she went inside there were these dirty toys on the floor, and in the corner was a woman sitting in a chair with a bag of chips. With her face glued to a 13-inch television that showed 24-7 soap operas. And every day when I would go to this gym, there would be that woman. Same chair, new bag of chips, same television, same soap operas. And I remember as a 21-year-old kid, not married, no kids, looking at this and going, if I had children, I don't think I'd put them in this room. Because this woman, one, the room's a mess, but two, She doesn't seem to love kids. In fact, I don't think she likes them. She's here for one reason and one reason only. Somebody's paying her and they don't care that she eats her chips and she watches her shows. That's it. Jesus says, I'm not a hired hand like that. I'm not even a normal shepherd. Normal shepherds don't die for sheep. That's stupid. Sheep are things you make money from. They're not things you die for, at least not on purpose. What does Jesus say? I'm the beautiful shepherd, the good one, who so cares for his sheep, where the hired hands cared nothing. I care so much that wherever there is danger, I put myself between the sheep and the danger, even if it costs me my life. And here's why he does it. Verse 14 I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, if there's ever a verse to tattoo to your hearts, this might be the one. Because here's what Jesus just said. The same love with which I have been eternally knit to my Father in heaven the same love with which he has been eternally knit to me, that love that cannot be broken, that love that could not be improved on, that love of such glory and power and majesty it has existed for all of eternity, that same love is the love with which I have been knit to my sheep. There is nothing that could possibly convince me to let them go. I can no more abandon my sheep And my sheep can no more abandon me than my father could abandon me, his son, or I, the son, abandon God, my father. I have loved my sheep with a love that is eternal and unbreakable and unchanging. This is not the father who told you that he would never leave you or forsake you and then walked away from your mom and your brothers and your sisters. This is not the friend who said, I will always have your back. But then as soon as there was something greener on the other side of the fence, walked away. These are the words of a shepherd who says, I have loved you with a love that stretches into eternity past. And it is a love that continues into eternity future. And there is nothing, nothing that can make that undone. And because I love my sheep with an eternal love, I am also the one who secures his sheep with an eternal redemption. And I have other sheep, verse 16, that are not of this fold, sheep that are not just of the nation of Israel, but sheep that will come from all the nations." Sheep that come not just from a single space in time, but instead across all time and all space and all history. Words which mean Jesus is speaking not just to the crowd at that moment, he's speaking to you and I right now. These are words for us. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again no one. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. You want to know why the crowd looks at Jesus when he finishes saying this and says, this dude has a demon? That's why. Because here's what Jesus just said. Jesus just said, the reason I can offer you an eternal redemption is because I'm not just a loving shepherd. I'm a divine shepherd. Echoing all through the background of John 10, there is this one massive Old Testament text in Ezekiel 34. This piece of scripture where God looks out at the people of Israel and he looks at these men who have called themselves Israel shepherds. These religious leaders and these political rulers who have been entrusted with the care of God's people, and God looks at these shepherds and He says, you have not served my sheep, you have stolen from them. You have not protected my sheep, you have killed them. You have not brought justice to my sheep, but injustice. And if you're not hearing the echoes of what Jesus just said to the Pharisees, you're not listening. And Jesus, or excuse me, to God says, and I am against the shepherds. I will destroy you and I will destroy you utterly and then he turns to the sheep and he says, wherever they have scattered you, I will gather you up and I will bring you in the words Jesus just used in verse 9, I will bring you into green pastures so that everything you need will be provided for. I will heal the ones who have been wounded I will strengthen the ones who are weak. I will find the ones who are lost. All the things Jesus has been doing for nine chapters. And then he says this, and I, I will be your shepherd. And then he adds one thing more, a verse that creates a riddle for anyone who reads it up until the point Jesus speaks right here in John 10. He says, I will gather you all into one flock under one shepherd, verse 23, my servant David, and he shall feed my sheep, and he shall be their shepherd. That creates a problem, doesn't it? If there's only one shepherd, And God says, I'm the shepherd, but there's also a shepherd from the line of David. How do those two things come together? Jesus says, I can resolve that riddle for you. Jesus may have well have picked up his Bible, opened it to Ezekiel 34, put his finger on the page, looked around the room, and said, It's me. What does he just say in verse 18? This charge I have received from who? My Father. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I'm not just the loving shepherd. I'm the divine one promised in Ezekiel 34, sent by the Father to gather his sheep and to bring them into his salvation that they would once again be made whole. And here is how I bring them in. The shepherd, the shepherd becomes the sacrificial lamb. Five times in this text, Jesus tells you something central to the identity of the shepherd. He does what? He lays down his life. Not by accident, not without purpose, but why? For the sheep. He is the one who places his life in danger who dies for the sake of the sheep, that they would have life that was only rightfully his. And notice what comes next. Jesus doesn't just lay down his life for the sheep. What does it say? He takes it up again. Now, I don't know about you, but I've met a lot of people who could easily say, I'm willing to lay down my life for the sheep. And maybe they'd even do it. I don't think I've met one yet who can then pick that life back up. Jesus is the only one who can say that. Jesus is saying, here's the redemption I've brought you into. I am the divine shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep and takes that life back up again that you would know that I have authority above all others. And if I have authority above all others and I say that you are mine, that you now share in my life, that there is no one, not even Satan himself, who has the authority to pluck you from my hand. You could not be more secure if you tried. And there is this precious, precious, glorious truth in verse 17. It says, for this reason, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life and I take it up again. That verse causes a lot of trouble for the commentaries. Because all the commentaries start tripping over themselves because the father doesn't start loving the son when he lays down his life for the sheep. He's always loved the son. He's loved him with an eternal love that stretches into eternity past and goes on into eternity future. There is nothing that could possibly make their communion sweeter or better or richer. And yet here, In verse 17, as Matthew Henry puts it, somehow mysteriously, gloriously, beautifully, you see a father who looks at the redemption of his sheep and it is a thing so near and dear to his heart, he actually says that that eternal love I have for my son, somehow it grows all the greater when I see him embrace that charge. It is not a loving son who saves you from an angry father. It is a loving father who sends a loving son and a loving spirit to embrace you completely and in full with a redemption that absolutely nothing can undo. Jesus says, this is who I am. This is the one voice out of all the others you must listen to. I am the door and I am the shepherd of the sheep. The reason there are pastors in China right now Sitting in jail cells, not knowing if tomorrow morning they're going to wake up and they're going to find that their date of execution has been set. The reason that there are men and women in those places who are still refusing to bend their knee, is because they've heard the voice of this shepherd. And they know that he has not forgotten them. He has loved them from before the very foundations of the world with an eternal love that nothing can change. And while the Chinese government may claim to have authority over their lives, they know one who has authority even over death itself, the one who laid down his life and picked it up again. The reason you and I can resist every voice that calls for our allegiance that calls for us to heed their cry and their call to follow over and against Jesus' own. It's because we have not only heard but seen the Jesus who proclaims himself here. The door of the sheep who came not to steal and kill and destroy but to give life and to give it abundantly. The good shepherd of the sheep who gives us that life at the cost of his own we may live in a world that is full of thieves and robbers and strangers and hired hands. But if we have heard the voice of this shepherd and we have obeyed that voice, Jesus says, then you are sheep in the hands of one who will never let you go. May we be those who even as the blind man could not get himself to walk away from Jesus but worshiped him, May we be those whose hearts echo the words of Peter in John chapter 6. Where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. Father, we need you. And we're so grateful that when we cry to you, we find one whose love runs so deep and whose redemption is so full that there is absolutely no power in earth or power in hell that can pluck us from your hands. You have provided for us a savior in Jesus who is beyond our wildest imaginations and our wildest dreams and I pray take our hearts, take our eyes, take our ears and may we not be like the scribes and Pharisees who go from darkness to darkness but instead like the blind man who went from darkness to light we ask you to do this in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior,
0: the door and the shepherd. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.